the storm, my help is on the way. My help is on the way. Oh my God, He will not delay my refuge and strength always. I will not fear His promise is true. My God will Welcome to Haven Community Church. Let's please stand. 
a melody that was not taught in the darkest night it still goes on the anthem of my god within my heart is a treasure that cannot be bought when all else is faded it will not the presence of my god oh magnify the lord let us exalt his name together no one beside you lord honor and praise are yours forever for your throne in the mystery that can be known lives the majesty that's yours alone how glorious you are you're the one who redeems the wrongs that i have done reigning over all the days to come how glorious you are oh magnify the lord let us exalt his name together no one beside you lord honor and praise are yours
Lord praise.
Is 
far I see the King has come Light of the world reaching out for us There is no other name There is no other name Jesus Christ our God down as we lift him up there is no other name there is no other name Jesus just think of Jesus with everything we got going on in the world just him seated on throne above. When everything else seems to be failing, he's in control. Just worship him like The earth will shake and tremble before his chains will break as heaven and earth sing holy is the name holy is the name of jesus 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 the earth will shake and tremble before his chains will break as heaven and earth sing holy Jesus, 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 lift up our eyes, see the King has come, light of the world reaching out for us, there is no other name, there is no other name, Jesus Christ our God, down as we lift him up there is no other name 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 Jesus
by Luffy. So we're going to take a look right now at our prayer time, and we're going to go ahead. We are in the last week of our series called um, My Emotions, and we're going to finish that up today. Um, and uh, if you missed any, go ahead and you can look online uh, with our app or whatever else you need to do. First thing is, welcome today, everybody who's here in this uh, lovely weather that we're having, correct? Um, and so we're glad that you guys are here. Welcome uh, Church Online. I know many um, are probably on there as well. We have a couple of prayer requests that we want to lift up today. Um, pray, uh, Allison asked for prayers for Gene uh, Craig for healing, and Dory for healing, Lou for healing, and um, uh, thank God for our church. Um, several other um, prayer requests that are out there. Um, again, if you would like to, you can get on our, um, on our uh, prayer list and you can register for that. If you have one that you forgot to hand in, by all means, please go ahead and check um, on havencc.org. You can go ahead and put it there and they'll make sure those prayer requests get out. All right? Um, just pray for our, our world and our country that we're, we're getting all the stuff about COVID again, right? And, and things rising. So we hope um, that everything uh, works out well. We he hear about boosters because we all love shots, right? Um, so we're going to go back to that. But whatever it is, um, let's just hope that God's uh, very present. Okay, let's pray right now, if you will. Lord God, um, as we come to you today, we know that there are many things on our hearts and in our hearts and in our minds. We know that, um, that you're in control of everything, even though it may not seem like it all the times, Lord. But we are, we are here today to worship your name in the midst of all, all kinds of things. So God, as we close out this series today, um, we ask for um, special prayers for those. It seems, like, it seems like a lot of people need healing today. Prayers for healing uh, for Gene Craig, for Lou, for Dory, um, and for others who may be in some part a transition or, or life. God, I want to pray uh, now for those who may be entering back into schools um, after summers or other kinds of things. Be with them. Be with the instructors, the teachers. Um, be with the students. And God, whatever uh, the next few months have in store for us, we know that you are in control of all things. For this and all the things, I pray for traveling mercies upon the people, um, those who are in the wake of the hurricane, um, and all those other kinds of things. God, just you be very real to us now. For we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone. Um, you know, um, a couple of announcements that we're going to have. Um, one of the things is um, we're going to look at some of these. Uh, no youth group today. Um, and then again, uh, because there's a lot of people on vacation, lucky them. Uh, and uh, then we also have some things um, with our Stephen ministry, if you need help with that. Again, they're actively working on, um, a actively participating in Grief Share, which is meeting on Mondays, um, 6.30 to 8.30 in person and also via Zoom. And if you want more information about that, um, you can go ahead and check that out by going to um, havencc.org uh, and looking for those informations. And keep in mind, uh, even though it's early, anybody thinking about Christmas yet? All right, so there's some people who are. Um, but just to let you know, um, we are also uh, collecting this year for Operation Christmas Child. And it's a good time right now for Operation Christmas Child to go ahead and collect um, for school supplies and other kinds of things that we can send off with that. So if you, uh, they will be collect we will be collecting for that. And before we know it, we will be singing jingle bells and everything else. But 17 weeks. 17 weeks. <laughs> All right, there you go. So Marge is ready. There we go. But um, 17 weeks. My gosh, where has my life gone in the last two years? Anybody with me? 
Um, okay, uh, ring the bell. Anybody done? Anybody done with me? I am. Okay, so um, as I said, let me take a drink here. Um, so what I want you to do real quick, we haven't done this in a while, and you don't have to get up and anything. Just those around, just say, it is good to see you in church today. Look at the person on your side. All right, then look at your second choice and go ahead and tell them, good to see you in church today. You look like you need some church. Tell somebody you look like you need some church. All right. Okay, so we, as I said, we are in our last week of emotions, my emotions, and what we've been doing, we've been looking at the emotions of Jesus, um, and a lot of people, you know, I, I always hated, like, some artwork of Jesus was kind of depicted him as, like, again, he's just like, oh, you know, he always, um, Jesus had some emotions last week, do you remember what we talked about last week? Anger, there we go. We talked about uh, Jesus getting angry, um, and, and that means we can too if it's in a right way. Um, we talked about um, anxiety. We talked about lots of different things. Today, what we're going to um, focus on, we're going to look at what made Jesus sad, what made Jesus sad, and discover what brings him joy. It's something that a lot of people don't like to look at, that Jesus was sad. Um, and, and what we see is today there's a lot of people who are dealing with uh, all kinds of emotions of sadness and other kinds of things. Um, I, I know people have said to me, and I've said to people, um, I'm just sad. You ever wake up and just say, I'm just sad. This weather doesn't help either, does it? You just kind of say that. So um, we're going to contrast these two emotions, the sadness and the joy of Jesus. And um, there's some things that really brought Jesus a lot of joy. One of those things is whenever the hurting were healed, he was full of joy. Whenever the rejected were loved, he was full of joy. We talked about that some of the reason why he got angry last week. Remember um, that they were keeping those out. And whenever sinners were forgiven, he was totally uh, full of joy. But there also is those occasions that made Jesus really sad. So what I want to do, I want to look at some of these today. So let's look at what Jesus made Jesus sad. If we look up here, you can follow along here. Also, you had the QR code. Hopefully you got that for the bulletin um, as well. And we can look at this, what made Jesus sad. So we're going to start, um, just to give you a hint today, um, we're going to be in Luke's gospel a lot. Um, if you have Bibles or you have a Bible app, um, a billion different ones, um, then you can go ahead and, and open it up. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15. It is the lost chapter. And you say, what? It's there? It's when Jesus talks about a whole bunch of lost things. So we're going to be in the back part of that today, but we're going to start in Luke chapter 19 where it tells us as Jesus was coming closer to Ju Jerusalem, he saw the city ahead and he began to do what? Weep. He began to cry. Why did Jesus cry? He cried because of what he came to do. He came to bring life and bring it more abundantly. How many of you need some of that right now? Anybody else? Okay. I'll get in line behind me. Um, he came to seek and save that was what was lost. He came to proclaim good news to the poor, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the prisoners free, and we say that, it's very churchy, but what he did, he came to, to heal people, and he came to bring freedom to people. And so, but what Jesus did not come for, he did not come for the righteous, the people who had no need for him, because they were perfect, he came for sinners. He did not come for the healthy, but he came for the sick. So what made Jesus cry here? He's looking over Jerusalem, and what he saw wrecked him and touched his heart. In Matthew 23, it tells us that he cries out this, and he says this, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones 
God's messengers. Now, that's not why he's upset. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. But that's not why he's upset. Why is he upset? He then goes into why he is, he is upset. How often I wanted to gather you together as a hen protects her chicks under her wings, but you wouldn't let me. Anybody been around a hen and chicks? You ever see that? They just kind of, like a lot of birds kind of do that. They kind of like just put their young underneath there as a protection. So what Jesus is upset about here, or sad about, is he had come and so many people rejected him and he just wanted to gather people in. That was his whole purpose, to gather them in to him. Jesus said he was sad because he wanted to bring us close. He wanted to show you his love. He wanted to show you his comfort and to tell you how much you matter to him. He wants to love and protect and comfort and heal and be with you. But he basically said, you won't let me. You won't let me. So as we look today, how are we going to look at experiencing uh, the experience of joy like Jesus did and with Jesus? And if there's one account in the Bible that I think is the most powerful uh, account that really displays the love of God the Father and how we react is the story of what you may know called the loss of the prodigal son. Um, and it's one of, the, one of the most powerful ones I've ever seen. So we're going to be in uh, Luke chapter 15. And we're going to look at this lost or prodigal son. And um, so, I, and again, I'm going to do something. I'm going to pull out my Bible. And I'm, I'm glad it's a large print because I can't see squat. But um, here we go. I'm going to look at some of this. And I just kind of want to work through a little bit of this with you here and on the screen um, and in your bulletins. So here we are in verse 11, and it says, there's a man, he had two sons. So this guy has two, two boys, and he tends to be a very wealthy man um, because he has a lot of stuff. And the younger son one day came to him and said um, to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me my share of the estate. Now, we just read that, and we kind of go, okay, that's just kind of a, a little jerk, right? I mean, did you think that? Um, but one day he comes to him and says, he pretty much says, Dad, I am done with you. I want my inheritance now. I want to get out. Now, when we see that, number one, my kids would be, uh, would be pretty off because they wouldn't get much. Um, but the other thing is, when we see this, in this culture, what he was basically telling his dad is, Dad, I wish you were dead so I could have what you own. I want to move on. I've had enough of you. I want you dead. So give me what I need. So I don't know what was going on with him. I don't know if he felt restricted and there was all these rules and he just couldn't wait to break free. Anybody remember those days? I just can't wait to break free. All right. Um, or um, he felt like he wasn't able to be who he was and it was just because his dad was here and his brother was there and, and the family and they're always in his business. Anybody like that? Um, or he, he just said, there were many things he just did not like. What about, or he could have been this. He could have been a teenager. Anybody remember being a teenager? Anybody like being a teenager? Okay. Um, how many of you, if you could go back today and be a teenager again, would you? Raise your hand. Okay, there's one, a couple there. All right, there we go. We have a couple. Um, they'll be counseling for you afterwards. But anyway, um, but I've been a teenager. That's a time of great struggle, isn't it? Like everything seems like it's the last day of your life. Every relationship you have, think you're gonna la it's going to last forever. Friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, all those things seem to be major. Am I correct? And when you look back, you go, wow, really? And, um, but it was a, it's a time of turmoil, and it's even bigger now because there's all kinds of things out there. 
So I know at that time, you know, I couldn't wait to get out. I, I knew more than anybody else. Anybody else know any more than your parents? Until that day that you had kids and that one day your parents fell out of your mouth. You know, you're like, I will beat you to the, where did that come from? I walked up and down, up, uphill and downhill in the snow. And you're like, what am I saying? You know, it just comes out there. But basically this, this youngest son is telling his dad, give me what's owed to me. I am done with you. When you think about that, you think about the arrogance. You think about how rebellious he was. You think about how rude he is. And I began to ask the question, what is going on in his heart to the point where he felt that he could be this disrespectful to his father? Well, I don't know, but the shocking point goes like this. The dad says, all right, and he divides it between his sons. That would have been the last thing I would have said. I would have said, you can go now with nothing except my foot in your rear end. You know what I mean? That would have been my response. However, um, this dad's a little bit different. So the story continues. The son is loaded. He's got his money. And he begins to party it up and enjoy life. Like he, and you know what happens when you party it up and you have money? You get a lot of friends. You get a lot of people who are coming around you. So this guy is going in, and he's just, whoo, yeah, hey, rounds for everybody. Rounds for everybody. I remember the first time in college when they sent, they used to send you those 19.8% credit cards. Anybody remember those? And they sent them in, they stuck them in your mailbox, and I was like, oh, free money. And I remember uh, going out with my friends, and I'm like, I got dinner. And I was like, I, I didn't pay that thing off till we got married. I mean, Melissa's like, we're paying this thing off. Thank God it only had a $1,000 credit limit, you know what I mean? Um, but, but it was like, this is what this boy's doing. Woo, I got dad's money. Bam, bam, bam. He is the life of the party. And people, you know, it, it would be like somebody saying he had his posse with him. You know, you see these um, athletes, when they're walking around, they have a, a whole horde of people with him. Anybody remember the, the, the rap and singer um, MC Hammer? Can't touch this. Right? Remember that guy? He made a gazillion dollars. And he's now broke because he took care of everybody around him. And guess when the money ran out wherever I went? Gone. That's what happens a lot of times. You know that they say most pro athletes within four years will be broke? Have you seen the numbers of these contracts? So, so what's happening? This is what the son is doing. He's just spending like it's, like it's never going to end. And he's got money and he's got friends and he's got power. And people are like, oh, there he is. And they're throwing it out here. But what happens when the money's all gone? Well, it's not surprising. This kid blows it all. He loses it all. He partied so hard, he lost everything. And the Bible says, in addition to that, there was a famine in the land. So not only is, does he have no money, he has no means, he's not at home, he has no friends around because they were just around for the, for the pleasure, now he's got nothing to eat and he is, he is in need, he is destitute. He was starving, no money, no friends. Let's look at what it says when it picks up at Luke chapter 15, verse 15, here it is up here. So he went out and hi, hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him in, uh, sent him to feed, in the fields to feed his pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Now, there's a couple things that I wanna, want you to see here. Here's this boy. He has, he has everything. He's just got the annoying parent. 
right? His, let's say his dad was just nagging him. Can you go do that? And that kind of stuff. Whatever, whatever it was, there was something in his heart that said, I am done with you, dad. Dad goes ahead and gives him everything. Splits it in half. This boy goes, squanders away, lives wild, lives life. He would have been having a great time until it all ran out. And everybody's gone. No food, no money. He is a good Jewish boy. And he's sent for a job, meets a farmer, and he's sent for a job to do what? Feed pigs. That's not a good Jewish thing to do. It isn't kosher. So now he is losing every single bit of who he is in his identity. So much so that he's sitting there. Anybody ever seen pig slop? What is pig slop? <laughs> yeah, slop. It's just stuff. Bam, there it is, and it's just thrown together. He's looking at that and says, man, that looks good. Anybody ever gone, anybody ever gone to a barn or any, like those petting zoos and the stuff that you feed them? Like, you know, you put the little quarters in, you get the stuff out, and you go, man, that looks good. Anybody just start eating the corn and the feed and that junk? Anybody? You know, nobody's, nobody, anybody ever, you know, have a, have a pet hamster or, or pull out dog food and put it in there and goes, huh, I don't want that burger. I want that. You know, I mean, this is where he is in his life. And he's looking at that, and that's how destitute that he is. So looking at the pigs, he's so hungry and desperate, he longed to fill his stomach with something. Have you ever been in a situation when you didn't, you didn't intend to, but you drifted pretty far? Like you just were, were there, and then the next thing you know, you're, you're in a completely different place. How many of you have ever been to the, to the ocean? Okay. How many, how many of you, like, when I mean you go to the ocean, I mean you sit on the sand and you look at it. I mean you get into the ocean. Anybody does that? Okay. So when you get in the ocean, have you ever noticed, like, days when you're in there? How many like to do the wave, the wave thing? You jump underneath the waves, you swim, you may body surf or whatever kind of that stuff. Have you ever noticed that when you're in there, after you're in there for a while, you look up and you've been moved? Have you noticed? And then when it's really strong, you've got to trot back, get back online, and the first wave moves you back over. Before you know it, you're drifting. If you don't pay attention, I remember at times Melissa and I watching the kids, and they would be in the water, they would be there, and we'd just watch them. And we'd just see them down the beach, and we go, they have no, and then you look, see them looking like, where am I? You know, and they, they had no clue, and we're just watching them and say, here we go. And they're looking and looking and looking and looking, and then you finally go, here we are, and they're like, yay, and they run, right? And that's what goes on. This guy in his life just had an ideology of where he wanted to head, and before he knew it, back by being away from the father and the father's house, it caused him to drift to a place where he's thinking, pig slop looks good to him. So many of us may be living in the same way. We think we know how everything's going to go. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to do this in life. And in five, ten years, in two years, in next year, I'm going to... All those kind of things we are ma we're making those plans for. And I'm going to accomplish this and I'm going to do that. And I'm sure it's go I'm going to make this happen. I'm sure I'm positive this is going to happen. And then life doesn't go as we plan. And we find out drifted somewhere else. And we go, what happened here? So my question is, have you drifted to where you've gotten off track? As your relationship, that you may have gotten off track in what you want to do, but that gotten so far off track that your relationship with God is even suffering. So this young son... He made mistake after mistake after mistake. He found himself completely lost, completely destitute and destroyed. He had nothing 
to look forward to in life. Anybody have that moment where you have nothing, that you feel like you have nothing to look forward to? Anybody? I mean, there's some people who have, who've done that. Some situation may have happened, a life change, something went on. Like it may have been a time where it's been super rough. And because of that season, you found yourself not only drifting in life, but drifting away from God. Like, for instance, we get to a point where we used to always attend church, and then we just decided, nah, I'm not going to. I often wonder what happened to the, to the other people, many of the other people who were here week in and week out before COVID. Remember that? What happened to them? Many have drifted. I mean, I've had some people say, hey, no, I'm going to get back. I'm going to do this. But many have just drifted, just drifted along. And, and their, their life is totally nowhere where it was before. Some they are. Some of these, what about this? What about in your own life? You say, I am going to, how many of you ever made one of those? You don't have to raise your hand here. But I know many people have at some times gone ahead and said, I am going to make sure I am reading through the Bible. And I'm going to do that. It's going to be my New Year's resolution. I'm going to do it. I got, a, I got 50 billion Bible plans. Here I go. I'm going to do that. And then you get to January the, the 5th and 6th, and you're like, ah, I missed a day. Oh, that's all right. I'll pick back up. And then you get to February, and you're like, what's a Bible? You know what I mean? Um, we, we drift off of that uh, time and time again. Um, I, many of us give ourselves this, this own thing. I wish I had a dollar for every time I heard this. I can worship God on my own. Have I ever heard somebody say that? I don't need church. I, I can worship God on my own. I will guarantee you that if it's Sunday morning that you aren't getting up and going, woo, yeah, you know, I guarantee you people don't do that. Because I can tell you, at times, um, one of the things that they did with uh, some of the studies that went on during COVID is many pastors said, I didn't realize how fun it was to have a Sunday, to have that extra day. They didn't realize that stuff. But if we don't, if we don't pay attention, we will drift down to somewhere else. Or we just get too busy in life and don't prioritize our relationship with God. Many of you remember uh, Wayne, um, our worship leader, before he moved away last year. And Wayne always, Wayne's a pretty direct Marine kind of guy. And um, one of the funniest things I always, I always heard from Wayne, he said people would see him out in like a store when he was out there. And they, I guess, be, he said, I guess because I'm up here, they would come up to me and go, oh, I haven't, they give him a long, long list of, I haven't been in church because I haven't been in church because I haven't, oh, we've been away, we haven't, and he, Wayne's response was, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, he was just that, that, that blunt response. I don't care. I don't know why you're telling me. Um, tell God. I don't personally care was his response. Because what, for him, he had a priority in his life. They had priorities in their lives. And many times we've gotten so busy in life, even when we're in the midst of working for God, even in the midst as a pastor, there have been times where I have drifted in life because I prioritized other things in my life over over. The, the job that I do, but more importantly, the thing I've prioritized, I put lots of priorities over my personal connection and relationship with Jesus. And that's, you know, I will tell you as a pastor, that's even easier to do when you put the work of God over the work of God in you time and time again. So one bad choice, one this bad decision led to another, to another, and to another. If you've ever felt lost or drifted, guess what? This is how this boy was feeling. He was in a pig's pen, salivating at pig slop to eat. And you know, there are situations in life where we, we get to the point where we get rock bottom. And you ever notice how like a way out, just something, something to alleviate the pain, something to alleviate the pressure, something to alleviate that you know is not good, seems more appealing than ever. Anybody, anybody ever been in a situation like this? 
or just something that's out there. And that's, that's this boy, man, my gosh, pig slop looks really good. Do you think he was ever at the father's house and said, man, I want some pig slop? No, because he had the best of the best in the father's house. But because he had drifted so far in his life, he had now entered to a point where something that was disgusting is tempting and calling out to him and appealing. It's interesting how the enemy can play with our mind. Let's look at um, verse 17, what Jesus tells us. And he said, and when he came to his what? Senses. He's sitting there. I mean, think about this. He, it's just going to have been months, could have been years, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's going, what? Pig slop? No, 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 not pig slop. And it says, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. He recognized that what his father's servants and slaves had was better than what he had in that avenue. And he said, they have plenty, even in the midst of a famine. In other words, his dad has plenty. He is very wealthy. He's very giving. That even the servants have extra. So he says, wow, what am I, what am I doing here? He went, light bulb moment. Wasn't a light bulb then. It might have been a candle moment. I don't know. But that's what happened to him at this time. So what's the first thing that we need to do? And the first thing that he did, number one, we re need to realize our need and take one step back to the Father. He realizes his need like, whoa, OMG. Life is better with my Father as a servant than here. Look at a pig slop. He knew his realization was this, I messed up. Anybody ever had those moments in life when you messed up and you had to go home to your parents? Anybody? You remember that? You remember like, like that? Eh, I don't want to come in the door. You're kind of like, you're kind of like doing like scoping the place out. Let's see whose car is here. Okay, mom's here, so that'll give me a little bit. Dad's over at church. This is my own experience. Dad's over at church. Dad's over at church, and so I got about uh, a couple hours. I can kind of, uh, I'll do something nice. I'll clean something. I'll, I'll, I'll put something up. I'll write a love you dad card, you know, kind of thing like that. Because you know it ain't going to be good, right? You know that's going to be a, a point where you're coming back and you're, you're feeling bad and you're, you're struggling with everything that, you're, that you know that you did and you're feeling guilty and that weight's going on there. And now you're coming back and you're like, oh, he's, he's, I wonder if he's going to whip me. I wonder if he's going to like throw me out the house. I wonder if he changed the locks. wonder, you know what I mean? And so you just got this build up. What do you think this boy went through who said, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me my money. And now he's, at his last point, coming back to the father's house, begging to be a servant. He messed up. He hurt his father. That possibly nothing could ever, ever repair this relationship that he broke. So many of us get to a place where we're so lost. We're so broken. We're so beaten up that we just want to give up. We think the mistakes that we made, the decisions that, that we chose in life, Sometimes just even the stuff in the world that is geared at us. We start to believe that we're just too bad. And there is no way we can repair what needs to be repaired. We often end up doing things that make the situation worse, like eating pig slop and being happy in the midst of the pig pen. But this boy finally came to his senses and he said, well, what if I go home, but I'll just be, I'll be a lot less, but it'll be better than I am here. And Luke 15, verse 20, here's what it tells us. 
So he got up and went to his father. Finding true joy in Jesus is about when we first realize our need and remember that that restoration and healing begins when we make one, and every journey begins with a single step, and we need to make one step back to the Father. It doesn't matter how far you've drifted. If you take one step back, you're good. Like, and I gave some of this illustration before, but let's say I'm going to Philadelphia, and I just take off, and I end up in Nashville. I'm a little off track. I can sit there and go, gosh, how did I get here? Yeehaw. Give me some barbecue, right? I could, I could do that. And I could complain and I could be so upset. Why am I here in Nashville? Oh, I'm so off track. I'm never going to get to Philadelphia. I'm never going to be there. My gosh, I guess I just got to start getting a hillbilly accent now. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, gosh. Let's go. I can get back to Philadelphia, but it starts with me turning and making one step back. And in order to make one step back, I have to get up and head back to the father. The boy decided, I need to go home. Watch what happens in Luke 15, verse 18 through 20. Here's what he says. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, and look at, he's, uh, here's what he's going to say. He's, anybody, let me, let me go take you back to when you were in trouble with your parents. You ever rehearse something? How'd that work out for you? Yeah. Did you, did you approach with, Father? You know, you know, like, I'm hoping you'll get some, some, something better there. But no, he's, he says, he's, he's far off, and he goes ahead, and he says, so he got up, he went to his father, and he's, he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. And he continued on. I am unworthy to be your son. I will be your, whatever. So he continued on. So he's making that journey back. We don't know how far journey. It tells us it's a far off country. So he had a long journey. And I'm sure all the way he's like, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. I'm unworthy to be called your son. Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven. And I'm unworthy to be, Father, I'm, Father, I'm a, Father, Father. He's probably practicing the whole way. You know what I mean? Like, oh, Father. Yeah, everything, he is trying to practice this. He's scared. He's afraid. He's alone. He's, he's you know, in, in, totally doesn't know who he is at this point. But all the way back, he is practicing this. And so he, he's a long way off, and he's coming. He's getting closer. And you know how you get closer? The more nervous you get. Father, he's like, ah, which one? He's getting there. He's so much so that he's probably not even looking up. And I love this verse. It says, but while the son was still a long way off, the father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him and kissed him. Don't you love that picture? I love that the son is thinking, I have messed up so much. I can never repair any relationship. I basically told my dad, I wish he was dead, and I threw away half of what he had. There's no way he's going to accept me. He has his apology speech. He's rehearsing. He's grieving. He's not even looking up. I'll just ask dad. I'll just say, dad, can I just be one of your servants and I'll hang out wherever you want? I don't expect to be back as a son at all. I, I gave that up. I, I, I tore that away from you. Just let me be one of your ser servants. I'll be the lowest one in your household, the lowest of the low. I'll wash the feet. I'll do whatever. You let me know what I need to do. But, 
but not be your son. Here's the powerful thing about this. This is a picture of what Jesus is trying to get us to understand. And the picture is he's trying to show us what God is like. There are so many people who have given us an image of God that God is just sitting up on the, um, on the cl- in the clouds waiting to part our hair with lightning bolts. That God is just waiting for us to say, come on, screw up, screw up. I got a good one for you, Jack. Bam, I'm going to zap you good. And that's, that's an image that many of us have, been, have had portrayed in life. The son is walking home. The father sees him. The father's reaction is not like, oh, that sucker's coming home. Man, I'm going to give him punishment. He is excited, and the father runs to the boy. Now, I got a question for you. Have you ever seen an old man run? Anybody? Like, have you ever seen, I'm talking about old man run. Like, even, you know, I'm I'm 50. See, that's the reaction you get. Um, See, I am... I am 50 years old, and it, I've never been fleet of foot, but it don't look pretty as much. There's a lot of stuff like, <laughs> you know, you know, like when you're young, running's for like the young people look good when they're running, you know? I mean, like they'll, they'll run and be like, mm-hmm, like this. Oh, old people are like, <sighs> your legs are all like flopping out. You're like, uh, you, know what, you know what I mean? It, ain't, it just isn't pretty. And so um, this dad... What's really cool, he runs to him, but here's what I think is really cool. The dad sees his son from far off. You know why? Because he's looking for him. Every day since that boy left, his daddy was looking for him nonstop. And what you need to recognize is no matter how far you have drifted from the father's house, he is still looking for you to take one step back to him. He's looking, and he will run to you. He will run to you right away. So he is so excited. The son that he thought was dead is now alive. He didn't know what happened to him. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have those kind of things. He didn't know what was going on. And then in verses 22 through 24, the son goes ahead and says, Dad, I've sinned against you. He was down there. The father grabs him, and he hugs him and kisses him. He said, Father, I've sinned against you. He says, shh. Shut, 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 shut your mouth, shut your mouth, shut. But Father, I've sinned. No, shh. Okay, Mr. whatever. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. He says, shut up. And look what he says. He says, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Why those things did he mention? A robe, a ring, sandals, and a fat calf. Why? The robe. Now keep in mind, where was this boy before he started? Where was he hanging out? In a pig pen. You ever been around pigs? I mean, pigs naturally are they say are naturally clean animals, but because we put them in those areas, they'll eat all kinds of things and they'll do that. And, you know, when they're around there, it doesn't smell too good in a pig pen, correct? How do you think that boy smelled? Probably smelled bad. Do you think he just stopped and got a shower before he went? No. He's journeying back. And the father runs down and kisses that stinky, dirty son. And he, said, he goes ahead and he puts a robe on him. Why? Because his position as son was being restored. 
an immediate demonstration of complete approval, no matter what had been done to him, what wrong had happened to the father, approval, love, and mercy from the father, as well as the robe showed protection. The father was covering him. That was something that you were given as a son. I will protect you. So immediately, he is giving him the benefit of that. Additionally, everyone who's witnessing this is looking at the father transfer, and this is something that's going to mess with you. It messed with me when I really looked into this. He is transferring the prime inheritance from the older son to the younger son. Now, I don't know about you. We'll get, we'll get to the older son in a second. But if I stayed in the house and was doing everything God did, and then all of a sudden, this guy who wished he was dead comes back, and he's giving him a, a, the prime inheritance, what he's wasted all, I'm getting pretty upset. Hold on to that. We'll get back to that. The ring. The ring, when you presented someone a ring, it was a sign of great affection and a symbol of being placed in an office of authority. The rich use it as wealth and dignity. And why does he have sandals? Why do you think? I'm going to have you guys figure out. He had no shoes. He had no shoes. Servants had no shoes. So he went ahead and gave him that. And they killed the fat calf to have a parte. That's why they did it. All right? And it was a restoration that was there. The father is going to cover this boy and make everything right. Jesus is telling us something here. I have had multiple conversations with people over the years. Oh, before I come to church, oh, I want a relationship with God, but you don't know what I've done. I've had people even tell me, even in the last couple weeks, from what I've done, there's no way God loves me. I, I mean, you don't know what I've done. And if you did, you'd leave me. You wouldn't love me. I, I can't go near God because he would never love this. That's not what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying we don't have to clean up our mess before. We don't have to get a shower before we get to the Father. The Father is looking for you. He's running to you. He's elated and he's celebrating, wants to celebrate a party with you. You're not dead, but you're alive. And when one person turns back to the Father, to God, and says, you know what? I'm a sinner. Let's just get it to where we're at. God, I messed up. I have drifted off of what you wanted me to. And guess who that is? Every single person breathing on the planet Earth. We have all drifted off of what God has intended for us. So God, I've drifted off of what you intended. I've messed up. There's been times in my life where nobody could see that you were my Heavenly Father because I didn't care and it was last if you were dead in my life. I don't know, God. I deserve what is happening to me. I don't know if I'm worthy or even can come back to you. But what we learn from the scripture is when one drifter, let's call it that way, gets back on track, all heaven throws a party. Remember there were two sons. The oldest son was a good boy. Scripture tells us he's in the field. Here's his music playing. He's been working all day. He's sweaty. He's dirty. Been doing it for the father. Been in the work for the father the whole time. It's like, what the heck's going on? Verse 26. He calls one of the servants over. Hey, servant. What's going on? Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he's back home safe and sound. Here's the translation, the Jack translation from the servant. Remember your brother, the one who told your daddy's dad and he took all his money? 
The one who told everybody to kiss his rear end? The one who we thought was dead? Well, guess what? He's back. And he's home. And dad, you know what dad did? Dad ran to him, and you know how weird that looks. He ran to him, hugged him, and kissed his stinking pig-smelling self. Went ahead, and you know what he did? He gave, he, he, you know, he got sandals. He told us to get sandals for him because he had no shoes. But guess what else he did? I don't know what I should tell you. He gave him a robe. He gave him what? You mean he said he's the prime inheritance, not me? I've been here all the time serving him, and he did what? Oh, and he also gave him a ring. You mean they gave him authority again? See, I think we beat the older son up a lot because I relate a heck of a lot more to him than I do the younger one most of my life. I mean, I have my younger prodigal days, but the older son and I, you know, come on, God, I've been serving you. Come on, God, I'm raised in the church. Come on, God, I was in youth group, and I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not too bad. Like, yeah, I had those drifting moments, but God, I'm pretty good here. So you're going to take somebody else who does that and put them up in a place and give them an inheritance when they've already squandered what you've given them? I don't blame him. In my, in my own nature, I don't blame him. And look at what, he, look what he's, the older brother became angry. Oh, yeah, he did. I would too. And he refused to go in. They're having a party, and he's sitting outside like, hmm. Party my rear end. I'll show you what he's about. Right? That's what he's saying. So the father went out and pleaded with him. I want to show you something that's very consistent here. When you turn to him, the father will run to you. But even when you are not, if you've been serving him and you're not feeling it, the father will go out to you. Notice that in the story. And the son says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and you nev and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, notice he does not call him a brother. When this son of yours, who has squandered your property, and you can tell what he was doing here, he gives a little bit more, with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Sound like he's happy? I wonder if there was, before this, a sibling rivalry. I wonder if, I, one thing we know, there's definitely resentment. One son left home and didn't want anything to do with his father. He repented and came back home. That one son physically distanced himself from the father. The other son was still physically at home, serving the father. But in the midst of that, he missed the opportunity to have the heart of the father. He did not care that his brother, who was gone and could have been dead, was alive. He did not share the same feelings the father did. What's really going on in the brother's heart? He sometimes, which is worse, emotionally distanced himself from the father. What this says is it doesn't always matter. We get so caught up with the outside of stuff, don't we? Sometimes, you know, like, like being in a church does not make us a good Christian. Just like sitting in my garage does not make me a car. You like that one? <laughs> it's not on the sheet. Thank you, Jesus. All right. But, um, but, a lot, but it, it's, a, it's a part of, of the faith that we have. It also means that if we just don't feel like gathering together, 
because of whatever, it may also tell us that we really don't want to rush to the Father. We really don't want to be in the presence. Because there's some other things that we see here. Hold on to that too. Um, like I said, it's, it's easy to look at the older brother and say, man, what a bad guy he is. It, Maybe you come to church every week. Maybe you read your Bible day. Maybe you say your prayers. Maybe you do your devotions. But do you have a heart for other people? Do you have a heart for the world that is going to hell in a handbasket? Do you, do you have a heart for people that are struggling in poverty? Do you have a heart for, for your brothers and sisters who may have been part of the house and have drifted so far away? You might be here, and you may be doing stuff, which is awesome, and you may be connecting to stuff, but is your heart like the heart of the father? Or are you like the older son? Because in order to experience true joy in Christ, we need to enjoy a relationship instead of just following rules. It's never been about rules with Jesus. The father loved the rebellious son, and he loved the obedient rule-following son both equally. The father's saying, hey, your brother who was once lost is now back, and you should be excited. And in verse 31, here's what he said, my son, the father said, you're always with me, and everything I have is yours, but we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead, but now is alive again. Remember, we were talking last week that it's in, in our world, in our culture, we, we want to celebrate killing people, killing their relationships, killing um, reputations, killing, um, killing what they stand for, killing their ideologies, if it doesn't fit with what we think. We love to see people die on the vine. And our heart doesn't care. But Jesus is like, no, 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 no. We have to celebrate this. The older son is complaining, Dad, you never threw a party for me. I've been here and I've done this and I've done that. You've never done anything for me like that. What a slap in the face. The father's saying, everything I already have is yours. So why, why do I need to give it to you to throw a party? I have told you, bam, you can, you can, it's yours. Why are you looking to me to give you something that I have already given to you? And so often we're looking to God to get something that he has already given to us. He's telling him, son, don't underestimate your value in who you are. You're my son and everything's yours. So many people view following Jesus as it's got to be a set of rules. That's like a checklist and we get all the boxes and then I'm good. And I do the work and I do this and I do that. And I live as a perception of what it means to be son or daughter. But we don't focus on the relationship. We need to enjoy relationship instead of following the rules. When we begin to know him, to understand, we begin to understand his call on our lives and to begin to be moved by his heart. We experience joy. You know, for years in churches, Christian churches, we talked about people getting saved, 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 saved. And we've gotten people there. And in many ways, we've done a good job of that. But that's just like saying, hey, you're on my son, and that's it, and stopping there. There is more when we get closer to the Father. There is more that is there. Has life been hard for you? Have you been in a difficult season? Are you trying to grasp some sense of normalcy? Like, God, just give me something. 
That's normal. I said the other day, man, I missed 2019. Anybody there? I was like, well, I didn't realize how wonderful mediocrity is. Get into a relationship with God. Don't just check the box. He's given you the keys already. So let's look at this as we're winding down here today. Luke chapter 15, again, verse 22, 24. I shared this uh, before. Let's take a look at this. Luke 15, do we have it there, Melinda? Um, here we go. Remember what the father said? Quick, bring the robe and put it on. Put a finger, uh, put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Now let's look at this last part here, right here. It says, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And what's that say there? So, what was it? So they. So they. The last thing that I want to share to you that, that we see how Jesus brought joy is when we return, we're not only good with the Father, but we return and are restored to the family. We need to do it with others. We need to do life with others. I wish, honestly, I could see this whole thing. I wish I could see everything that was here. I think the dad's pretty cool. I can tell you um, that as a kid, when I messed up, my dad never decided to throw a party for me. And I can tell you my kids, when they've messed up, I've never said, oh, great, let's go get pizza. I don't, you know, I mean... I never did that before. I never did that before. There's been times when they've messed up, and I realized that going into that situation, I had an opportunity to, to kill further or to give life. I remember one time something happened um, with Jacob, and I went in, and he was laying in his bed. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like the, the young son. I'm rehearsing what I'm going to say because I don't know what I'm going to say. And, you know, when Jack just says something, it isn't always good. Um, but I walked in, and he was there, and I could see he was visibly upset. And I looked at him, and I said, I have never loved you more than I love you right now at this moment. It's going to be okay. I don't know what that did to him. He might have thought that, like, I had a sabbatical for my brain, and wondering, who are you and where have you taken my father? But, but there's times when the stuff that is done needs to go by the wayside. The older son comes home and realizes, man, I've been, you've been distancing yourself from your, I've been distancing God. My prayer is that the, the, young, the older son said, man, yeah, you're right. I have been, Dad, I'm sorry. And God had imparted with the rest of them. Um, why all, why all this? The Father knew when you celebrate things on special moments. You know, like, anybody graduated from high school, college, something else? Anybody ever graduated? All right. Anybody ever, um, anybody ever had a birthday party? Anybody like Christmas? Anybody sat down for Thanksgiving? Okay. Now, those things are awesome. But I cannot imagine... It's Thanksgiving, and I sit down, and it's just me. 
I can't imagine like I have a graduation party and it's just me. I can't imagine I have a birthday party. Surprise, Jack. Oh, yeah, Jack, great. Oh, happy birthday, Jack. Oh, great, wonderful. Woohoo. I can't imagine having a wedding and it's just me. But so often that's how we take and approach our Christian walk to the point where we say, yeah, but I'm working for you. I'm working for you. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing that. But we have no love for anybody else in the house. And that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. So worship team, come on up here. As um, we're going we're to wind this down. Return and be restored. I don't know where you are. I don't know what God is, what kind of things God is speaking at this moment. But I do know that, you know, one of the reasons why I said I missed 2019 is because life was easier. It was easier from a personal deal, right? I mean, I, I, I saw one who ever sneezed, people went, people, bless you before. Remember 2019 sneeze? People go, oh, bless you. Now we go, ah! <laughs> Right? Right? That's where we are. Um, I miss being in a, in a world and being in a, an, um, What am I trying to say? I, I miss being in a, in a place where we're not, where everything's not motivated by fear. You with me? I miss the fact that, um, that people mattered more to other people. I miss, um, I miss the, I miss being at peace in myself. You know what I mean? Anybody there with me? Or am I just standing in this? Am I, am I standing outside like the older son? You guys are all ticking me off, right? You know? I just, um, I miss the joy of hanging with my father. Both of them. I said this week, I had a day this week that I said, I just want to talk to my dad. All I wanted to do was just go and pick up the phone and have him put it on speakerphone one more time so I could get annoyed because mom would take over the whole conversation. I just miss that. More importantly, I miss the joy I had just talking with my heavenly father, just basking in his presence. Not worried about what tomorrow brings. Not worried about what's going on around you. Not worrying about if your kids are okay, if your church is okay, if your life's okay. But just the fact that I'm not okay and it's okay because I serve a God who is okay and loves me that way. Don't you miss that? Don't you miss the fervor of just going, that, that early part where you're like, whoa, you mean Jesus really loves this? This? You mean that God has called me to do this? You mean that I get to be 
part of a church, a group of people, all in the name of Jesus, that we can come together as the body of Christ and do something far greater than I could do myself. I miss those things I took so much for granted in my life. So you may be here today, and you may miss time with your daddy. Use now as this time to connect to him. We're going to go ahead and give you an opportunity to go ahead and give back an offering during this time. But we're going to worship him. Um, the song, no one beside you, God. No one beside you. There is no one beside him. Nothing can ever fill that void. Nothing can ever take the place. And what we don't realize is nothing can ever take the place of the body of Christ in this world. Nothing. We've just got to start to miss it and love it again and want to be connected in the ways to our daddy that we need to be. We need to be connected. We need to run to the Father's house. I've been in the field working and I'm aggravated that I'm not getting whatever I, need, I want from God. That's about me. That ain't about the Father. He said, Jack, I've already given you everything. I gave you the keys to the kingdom when you knelt at an altar and said, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior and Lord. I gave it all to you. I am your dad. You don't have to ask what you need because I have supplied all your needs. Jack, I'm going to wrap you with a robe. I'm going to give you a ring. I'm going to put shoes on your feet. I'm going to kill a fattened pizza. <laughs> Whatever you're dealing with right now. I've been in a season that just really stinks. And I've been sitting there looking at pig, pig pods, thinking, that looks better to me. And just when I think, okay, time to get out of the pig pods, I get hit with some more slop. It's where I am right now. But it doesn't mean, and it, it, it never meant, that he's still not my daddy. It never means that all I have to do is get out of my pig slop and start looking to him and he's going to run and find me. And the same thing goes for you. So I don't know what's going on in your life. But it's time to return to the Father. All the other stuff is great and good and all that stuff, but return to the Father here today. Let's just stand. And again, I'm going I'm to pray real quick. Lord God, we just ask you for your blessing to be upon everybody here. We ask that those of us who are struggling, whether we're the older son or we're the younger son, whatever it may be, that God, that you will call us back to you. That you will, you will have us be here and just seek you and be close to you. Seek your face. As we, we give back in tithe and offering, we give you praise. As Lord, we recognize we're back to the Father and you love us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
the days to come How glorious you are that you had a good time today. Be careful out there with the weather and all that good stuff. Next week, we're going to start a new series. It's going to be called Another Way. Another Way. So um, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. I'll see you. God bless. Tell somebody, hey, good hearing you today. Bye.